This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Hey, good morning, Coastal. My name is TJ. How are you guys doing this morning? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we're so glad that you're here with us as we're continuing this series called Happily Ever After and talking about the dynamics of relationships and what does that look like and how do we have good relationships, how do we have healthy relationships. And uh, I just want to start out today because uh, last week we, we talked to the guys and, and I said something. And throughout the week this week, uh, I've gotten a lot of emails and different things and some really, really good questions have been coming in from people about different things. And there's one that I just wanted to address today. And then I'm going to let you know something that's going to be happening here in two weeks. But uh, one of the questions that came in was because last week I talked about as men, we need to be providers for our families. We need to be doing whatever it takes to make sure that our family is good. And, and so somebody emailed me and said, hey, um, I know that you said men are to be providers. Does that mean that a woman can't be a bread? breadwinner in her home? And I said, man, that is a great question because I'm sure that a lot of people probably have that question. And, and listen, nowhere in the Bible does it say the woman can't be a breadwinner. And so, listen, if you make more money than your husband, man, that's awesome. Congratulations. I know that there's a lot of great, intelligent, smart women here that run businesses and do different things. Here's what I was saying. As guys, if we're not willing to do whatever it takes to provide for our family, if that means that we need to go get a second job, even if our wife makes more money than us because there's more month than there is money, that we're willing to go do whatever because we're going to make sure that our family is good. And so, so if you're a woman in here and you make a whole bunch of money and you're single, single dude, that's a, you know, she's a, she's a good person to date. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, as long as you have a good job as well, you know, don't, don't, she's not sugar mama. Remember, we talked about that. So, but with that, we started thinking about that there's a lot of people out there that have questions about relationships and, and what, what's healthy, what's not healthy. How can we improve that? What should this look like? What should that look like? And so, uh, on October 13th, Sunday, October 13th, we're going to be doing Q&A. Shayla and I are going to come up here, and we're just going to answer questions that you guys go ahead and send in to us. And so inside your worship guide today, you'll find a piece of paper that has your question on it that you can go ahead and write your question down and drop that in the offering bucket after service. There's also uh, on the back there, um, you can look, and there's a, there's a way for you to text in. You can text in some number. There's probably a slide here somewhere for it. You can text pounds. 69302 and use my question all one word and then put your question right after it if you want us to answer your question and also you can twitter us you can facebook us you can email us there's a lot of different options available for you because we want to answer the questions that are most pressing to you when it comes to relationships if we don't cover them in our series so far and so i want to encourage you to be here on that weekend and here's the deal it's probably going to be because we're we're anticipating a lot of questions both services Services are probably going to be different based on the amount of questions we have. So in one service, we might answer a whole bunch of questions here. The next service, we're going to answer probably some different questions in that service as well. So it's going to be kind of a dynamic weekend in that you just don't know what you're going to get. And so, uh, and neither do we. So it'll be lots of fun. And so I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. I want to encourage you to, to ask questions and, uh, you know, and, and we'll do the best that we can to answer as many of those questions as we can in the time that we have. And so uh, it'll be lots of fun. Everybody 
ready for lots of fun? Everybody like fun? So, so uh, just, a, just a quick thing here. How many, how many single ladies do we have in the house? Go ahead, raise your hands up high. Raise your hands up high. Guys, single guys, take notice. Take notice right here. I'm trying to help you all out. Um, you know, single guys, you know, last week we talked about the, these are the women you should pursue, the single ones. Um, how, many, how many single guys do we have in here? Single guys. Uh, not very many. I don't know why. The first service has a lot of single ladies. I don't know why there's not a lot of single guys. Let me tell you something, single guys. Women love roses. Uh, can I get an amen? Any uh, women out there like, like roses? I mean, most women really, really enjoy a rose. And women are kind of like roses. You know, they're, uh, they're beautiful. They, most of them smell good. Um, you know, it's one of the, it, you, honestly, it's one of the things that attracts guys to you, like, oh, she smells good, you know, and so, like, that's better than my dirty buddy over there that just changes oil on his car, and so, uh, and so, you know, they, there's a certain texture to women, there's, there's a, there's a beauty from afar and a beauty up close that you can only experience with women, and, uh, you know, also, you know, roses have thorns, some women can, can be hurtful, um, <laughs> there's a lot of different layers to women, you know, that's why there's so many different petals of roses because they're all different layers. In fact, like I'm just looking at this and I'm thinking, man, I just want every single person to, to experience this rose. And so I'm just going to ask you to kind of, Shayla, would you, would you take this and just kind of feel it, touch it, pass it around and, uh, and just, because I want everybody to experience the rose because that's a lot like women are like they're like roses and, and I remember when I was when I was dating Shayla and uh and, and I've had this question a lot over the last couple of weeks like what was the thing that like really attracted you to Shayla like what was it about Shayla that was like oh man like she's somebody that you should pursue and and one of the things that really attracted me to Shayla is when we were um when we were teenagers we would go out and we'd play basketball a lot I was telling you guys about that and and, and we were out playing basketball. We were playing a game of like three-on-three three with some other people. And there was this guy named Kevin Roundtree. I'll never forget it. And uh, he, he was this dude that thought he was all that in a bag of chips. You know, you've ever been around one of those guys that's like, man, I'm all that. And so he was talking junk and thinking that he was all good. He was trying to impress people and make himself like look like he was the best basketball player ever. And, and I remember he was driving to the, to the basket to do a layup. And Shayla came up from behind him and swatted his junk like 15 feet out of bounds and uh and and like and then she looked at him and she said bring it to me again come on and she just started talking junk and I was like that's an aggressive woman I think I like her you know and I was like man any woman that can throw some dude's junk like 15 feet out of bounds and then walk up to him and talk junk after he'd been trying to act all smooth and stuff that was the kind of girl I wanted to get to know a little bit because I was like man there's just there's this aggressiveness about her there's this there's this desire that no matter where she is man she's gonna do whatever it takes to be the best she's gonna do whatever it takes to stand out from the crowd she's not just gonna keel over just because somebody's bigger or faster or taller or talking junk Man, she's going to be aggressive, and she's going to go after the thing that she wants. And, man, she wanted to make sure that that dude never drove to the hoop again. And I think he actually got out of the game at that point. He's like, I can't do this anymore. But, but one of the things I realized is that, you know, it, one of the things that made a big difference to me was that I watched Shayla over time. Guys, I, I want you to understand this right now, man. A girl can impress you for a moment, but can she impress you over time? 
Is it something because all of us can go and we can, and we can look good for a little bit, but over time, our character is always going to come out. The character of a person is always going to come out. And as I was watching Shayla, there were some things about Shayla that just absolutely impressed me about her. One of the things that, that really impressed me about Shayla was the fact that uh, she went to church every single week. Every week she was showing up at church and she was, she was involved and, and every week she was going there and every week she was, she was uh, being involved and she was volunteering. She was doing different things and, and, and just totally getting and, and being a part of that service. And, and I started looking at that and I started saying to myself, man, that's somebody who's committed to something because a lot of times people will be like, oh, I don't really need church. And, 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 and really a person that's not committed to church regularly probably won't be committed to a relationship regularly. Like if they, if they say like church isn't necessary for me, you know what? You're probably not going to be necessary for them. And, and how could you say the very thing that Jesus died for, his church, is unnecessary? If he wanted to die for something, don't you think that's probably going to be pretty important for us? Another thing that really caught my eye about Shayla is that uh, she had a Bible and she would bring it to church every week and it looked like she actually read it. You know, it wasn't just like that brand new Bible that was like perfect and like the pages were still crisp. Like you would open it up and stuff was marked in it. Like she had a highlighter and she wrote in there. You know, there's an old saying that says that, that a Bible that's well-worn usually represents a life that's not. Another thing that really, really impressed me about her is when the offering would come by, she would like put money in it. And, and as a guy, that really challenged me because like I didn't trust God with my finances, but yet here was this woman that I was like really interested in and she was trusting God, um, really, really challenged me. Probably my most favorite thing though, when I was, when we were getting to know each other and we were friends is that we would have conversations about God almost on a daily basis. When we would sit down and talk, it was about like what we had read about in our Bibles that day and, and what God was speaking to each one of us and, and how God was challenging us. And, and I'd never met another female that was like that, that was like, I'm all about God. And because she was all about God, you know what that made me want? That made me want her even more. Because I knew that her heart was always going to be devoted to God. And even still to this day, I wake up in the morning and she'll be out. We have this room in our house that's kind of like our, our prayer room or our study room where, where you go in there and you just hang out and you have your quiet time with God. And I'll see her in there journaling and writing things down. And I'm like, man, I suck. And, and so uh, always just challenging me to run after God. And, and today what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about the character of a woman. I had, a, I had a totally different message plan. I was going to preach out of the same stuff we were going to preach out of last week, but I'd, I just felt like something was different for today. And, and so uh, I want to talk to you about the character of a woman. And I want to go back and I, I want us to look in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. If you have your Bible, if you want to go ahead and open to Genesis chapter 2, we're going to be looking at the, the first woman. I think there's a great, great things that we can look at in the story of Eve to see what the character of a woman should look like uh, that we should be attaining to as ladies. And I want to talk particularly to single ladies today, and we're going to talk to married ladies as well. And guys, we might even talk about you. So uh, three aspects of Eve's life that I want to talk about here today. The first one is this, is her relationship with God. Her relationship 
with God. Because what's happening here in Genesis chapter 2 is Genesis chapter 1's happened. Basically, God is creating the earth at this point. And, and what's happening is, is God, there's nothing around. And God, all of a sudden, is just like in a creative mood. And he, so he's like, man, I'm just going to create stuff. And so he goes, man, I'm going to create light. Boom, light happens. And, and, and God's like, Jesus, chest bump. Uh, look at that, baby. Light happened. And he's like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create C. Boom, C happens. He's like, yeah, give me some dab. Bah, bah, bah. You know, explosions. You know, that's where the Big Bang Theory has happened. God, God just gave some dab to Jesus. And, and God's just like in this creative mood. And he's just, he's just speaking things. And things are blowing up and happening. And like trees and animals and all this stuff's happening. And he's saying, man, all this stuff is awesome. So like God is like, he's like, man, I'm the man, and, uh, which he is. And then uh, he's saying everything's good. And then we get to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And he goes this, the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Everything is good. And all of a sudden he goes, uh-oh, that ain't good. That ain't good. That, that part right there, that man being alone, that's not good. You know, last week, ladies, single ladies, I told you, you could go to a man and you could give them a hint that you were interested. Here's what you do this week. There's a guy you're interested in and say, you know what? Man, I was reading in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and I thought of you. <laughs> He'll be like, Genesis 2. Oh, I think she likes me. <laughs> Now, this next part's important because God didn't immediately make Eve and give her to, him, her to Adam. This is what happened. Verse 19. It says, Now the Lord God form, had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Basically, what he's saying is dog is not man's best friend. Like, because if it would have been, then it would have been suitable for him right there. But it wasn't. Okay. So, uh, so Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs. Now, this is important because everything he had created up to this point was things that he had spoken out. He had said, man, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be water. And there's water. Let there be land mass and all those things and he's spoken all those things and so all of a sudden he changes the game right here because he isn't creating out of nothing anymore he puts the man to sleep and he takes a rib out of the man going on and it says and then he closed up the place with flesh then the lord made the woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man also important because god brought her to adam we'll get to that later a man said this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman for she is taken out of the man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. Now for Adam, this was a good day. This is, this is like the epitome of a good day for a guy. He goes, he goes to work, he does his job, he comes home, he falls asleep. When he wakes up, his wife is naked next to him. That's like the epitome of a good day. Like, God, way to go. Awesome. Okay, and so, um, 
on to the next point. Now, women, I want to talk to you, and, and particularly singles, I want, to, I want to talk to you because a lot of times we just read over this story, this story and we're like, oh, that's a great creation story. But there's something in here that is so important. There is a process that is in this story that I think is so important for, for women as they're going through their lives in the status of relationships. And so many times we just pass by this because it's important to know what, this, what the process is to understand what the end result is. And so the first relationship that Eve had in life was not with Adam. And this is important, ladies, for you to understand. The first relationship that Eve ever had was God. The first thing that she ever saw, that she ever experienced, that she ever smelled, that she ever uh, had interaction with was not with Adam. It was with God. And when she had this growing, dynamic relationship with God, when she had this desire just to know God and him and him alone, did she at that point bring Eve to the man? It's a simple process, lady. You get your relationship with God solid, where he is your all in all, where he is your everything, where he is your source. And when he is your source, then eventually he'll bring you to the man of your dreams. That's why in Ecclesiastes 3, 11, God says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Who's made it beautiful in its time? You know what time that is? That's God's time. That's God's time that he's trying, to, he's trying to mold you and shape you and form you in his time. So eventually, you'll be prepared for that time. It's not your time because a lot of you guys, you guys are singing God a song. You're saying, hickory dickory dot, God. My biological clock is ticking. And if I don't hurry up and find somebody, my eggs are going to rot. And so what happens is, is that we miss out on the process that God has for us because the process is, is that God is wanting us to be formed and he's wanting us to be shaped and he's wanting to know us. He's wanting us, our desire to be his desire. Like we don't need anything besides God. And, and ladies, when you get to the place where you don't need anything besides God, it'll be his time that he'll bring you to a man. And when he brings you to that man, it will be an absolutely incredible relationship. But you have got to be willing to place yourself in the hands of God. But most of us, we don't want to place ourselves in the hands of God. We want to go and make it happen for ourselves because we, we look around and we see that all the cute guys aren't really Christian gods. And so it's easier to make a cute guy a Christian than it is to make a Christian guy cute. And so we go and we, we hook up with him and we're like, hey, babe, what's up? And then we go and we date and two years later, we hate that person that we've married. And we say, God, why? Because we did it in our time rather than waiting for his time. And we think that that guy's, we, this is, this is, ladies, this is a lie that you believe. That God will fulfill me. Listen, God already established no man will ever fulfill you. Man was put there to help you, not fulfill you. The only fulfillment that you're going to get, the only wholeness you're ever going to get is going to come from your relationship with Jesus and him alone. And if you settle for anything else, you're going to get less than than God ever intended for you. Don't bypass the process. Let God shape you. Let God form you. Let him bring you to the man when you're, when you're satisfied with him. Listen, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems in your relationship. Because you've got two imperfect people coming together, you know, it doesn't always make perfection. But when God is at the center of everything, man, it draws us closer to him. And what that means is that we're going to die to ourselves for the betterment of the other person. Now, I get questions from guys all the time like, well, how do you know if a woman 
is like passionately pursuing God. Like, how do you, how do you know that? And, and I just wrote some things down because, um, you know, a lot of us, we think that, man, if she has, uh, she's a Christian on her Facebook status, then, man, she must love Jesus. And, uh, like, I think that's a pretty poor qualification. So, so how do you know that? I think there's some things you can look at. You can look at her integrity. Does she have integrity? One of the things that really bothered me about Shayla uh, when we first started being friends and dating and stuff was the fact that uh, she had, like, impeccable integrity. And, and for me, that was hard because how many of you guys, like, say things that, like, you just say them, but you don't really need them? Like, you have people over that have stayed way too long, and you're like, hey, don't rush off, y'all, right? You, and we all say, like, hey, don't rush off. What you really mean is, like, man, I'm about to fake a heart attack if y'all don't get out of here right now. Or you say uh, things like, man, man, if I have time, we'll stop by. Which basically means I ain't never coming to your house. Oh, you guys have used those, huh? Well, one of the things that I used to always say all the time and, and, and was this. is like, oh, man, I'll try to make that happen. I'll try to make that happen. And, 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 and I remember at one point I, I was, you know, somebody had asked us to go to somewhere, and I was like, oh, well, I'll try to make that happen. And, and throughout the day we were going on this date and stuff, and, and as we were on the way back, she's like, hey, are we going to go do that thing? Um, because you said we we're going to try to make that happen. I was like, no. Like, I just said that so it would look good. And, and she goes, TJ, I want you to know that trying is lying in my book. Because you either are or you aren't. That's how we're going to live our life. And she says it to me all the time now, and it just makes me irate. But she, she just started saying, trying is lying. And when I saw that her integrity was so impeccable, I just said, you know what? I want to live up to that standard. Because that's a great standard to have. Uh, another thing that was really big to me is that, that she listened to God. Because, listen, there's two voices out there. There's a voice that screams that I'm going to follow Jesus, and there's another voice that's screaming, like, live for yourself. Which voice is she going to follow? Guys, which voice are you going to follow? Guys, a lot of y'all are following her curves rather than her character. But, teacher, she's, she's got good curves. I, like, why are you dating her? Because she's hot. Well, hell is hot. <laughs> You're going to date hell too? You know, she might take you to hell. Some of y'all are sitting next to hell right now. I mean, you're not going to say anything because you know you'll get burnt. So anyways, Proverbs 31, 10 and 11, it says, A wife of noble character. Who can find? Here goes that whole pursuit thing, guys. Man, we're supposed to be looking and finding a wife of noble character. It says she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value, man. He, he knows that she has this integrity that, man, he is completely sure of her, his relationship with her. Man, look for a, how do you know she loves Jesus? She's humble. She's humble. She doesn't have to boast about the things that she's done or she's accomplished. Actually, one of the best ways you know how, how she, this is in her heart is, is listen to how she talks about her girlfriends. You want to know the true heart of a woman? Listen to how she talks about the people that she thinks she loves the most. 
That'll tell you a lot about her and her spirituality. In fact, this is a, this is a big thing, specifically when it comes to women, because a lot of times women like to, um, they, they get things that they think are spiritual that aren't actually biblical. They're just good things that they've taken and said, this is the hard line. Like, if you do this, you're spiritual, and if you don't do this, you're not. And, and for women, a lot of times it comes down to this, like, way, like how you raise your kids, and, and I'm about to step on some toes here right now, and so just go ahead and prepare yourselves and get ready, because, listen, there's all different ways you can raise your kids, and the way that you do it is not better than the other person. Listen, if you want to send your kids to public school, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't send your kids to public school and they won't get a great education. Some of you guys, you send your kids to private school because that's what you want to do, and that's fine. Then there's some of you, you homeschool your kids, and that's cool too. But don't you dare think that because you do it one way and they don't do it that way that you're better off spiritually. That is arrogance right there. That's not humbleness. And we have this tendency to push things that are not bad things and they're not necessarily good things. We just take them and make them spiritual and say, this is the only way that it can be done. And that is just so jacked up. How else do you know do you, if she's like an extreme worshiper? Like, I, it's cool, like, and let me kind of define this. Like, it's cool to like come in here, like we're saying, great I am. You lift your hands, that's cool. Like when you're going out to lunch later this afternoon at Rocco's Tacos, and you go like, man, I think I'm gonna get some, some tacos at Rocco's Tacos. And she's like, praise the Lord, hallelujah, for the tacos. And she's like going and raising her hands there. Like she might be over spiritual. <laughs> you might wanna drop her. Like, hey, it was, it was nice. I'm going to go sit over there and get some of their guac and never come back. And so, uh, <laughs> over-spiritualizing things. Uh, another one is, is, and this is a big one, the way she dresses. The way she dresses. Listen, listen, I... I I talk to so many guys, specifically when going to the gym, like, and, uh, and, you know, they just walk around like this, don't look up, don't look up, don't look up, don't look up, because there's some girls there that are there to work out, and then there's some girls that are there to get worked out, based on how they dress. Listen, you don't got to show us all of your goodies, okay? And I'm not talking about, like, ladies, you have to walk around in a sackcloth, uh, like, that's not what I'm talking about, like, listen, you can look pretty and not be slutty. Man, how, how are you dressing? Are you setting up the guys that are around you to fail? Here's a big one. Is she loud? Man, there is, is she the girl that has to be the life of the party? Because this is the thing, that, that girl that's the life of the party, she'll also be the one that will yell at you. Straight up. That's why it says in Proverbs 9, 13, folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. And this is the thing, like a woman that will yell at you, it sets a guy up to fail because here's the deal. If a guy responds back and yells back at you, he's mean. And if he does nothing, he's passive. So neither way he wins. And you're frustrated because you've gotten loud and you've gotten boisterous and he can't do anything about that. The, the flip side of that is the woman who cries. And I, listen, I understand that all women cry, but some of you all got like water spigots and you can just turn it on and off. Like you don't get your way. The crocodile tears are coming. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Seriously? <laughs> Lying, manipulative, witch. We already covered that last week. So... You can tell if she loves Jesus if she doesn't always try to pick a fight. 
I just, sorry, I just made it some random lift. So uh, she doesn't always try to make, pick a fight. You know, you're riding down the car and you notice something's wrong and you're like, hey, how's it going? I'm fine. Okay. Um, I'm not real perceptive because I'm a guy, but I think there's probably something wrong. I told you nothing's wrong. <sighs> When she starts growling, that's when you got to look out. In fact, the Bible talks about this. Proverbs 21.9, apparently Solomon knew a lot about women like this. He had like 700 wives, so he probably understood. He said, better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Listen, you drive down the road and you see your buddy's tent pinched on the corner of his house, you're like, they might be having problems. A little bit further, he goes, better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Listen, if his nickname for you is Mojave, it probably isn't a term of endearment, okay? Ladies, man, if you're in love with Jesus, it'll be displayed in your character, not just in the moment, but in time, in time. Second one there is her refusal to compromise. Eve's refusal to compromise. And this is a question that I think that, that ladies, you need to ask yourself about any relationship that you are in. And, and I wrote this down because I think it's so critical. Um, is this the kind of relationship and love that God meant when he created Adam and Eve? And is it the kind of love that he described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? Or are you settling for less than immeasurably more than God could ever think or imagine for you? Are you settling for less than? See, because Eve had a relationship with God and then Eve started to compromise in her relationship with God. And when she slid away from God, it was because she was compromising in that relationship. And this is the thing that I know about God. God will never lead you to compromise. Check this out in verse one in, in chapter three of Genesis. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And listen, I wanna stop right here, ladies, because this is the question that is coming your way. Satan is constantly asking you this question, particularly for single ladies, and this is the question that he's asking you. Did God really say that you can't go hang out with that guy? Did God really say that you shouldn't go hang out with him? I mean, because really, I mean, he's, he's a nice guy. I mean, he isn't a Christian, but he's a nice guy. He has a good job. It seems like his family's all right. And, you know, the thing about him is, is that he is good looking, and he seems to ask me a lot of questions, which means he might be interested in me when he's really not interested in you. He's just really interested in getting in your pants. And you're asking yourself, did God really say I couldn't hang out with him? Did God really say that? And, and, and Satan is putting that inside your mind and over and over again. Did God really say that I shouldn't hang out with this person? And, and, and what you got to realize is that, man, there, there's, and you're going to go to your Bible and you're going to go, is there a Bible verse that says that I can't go hang out with him? Like, I, can you show me a scripture? And, and, and you're trying to justify the actions that you want to take because Satan is starting to put a lie within you. And some of you ladies got to stop, stop using the language that you're using because you're going and you're saying, I'm just hanging out with that guy. When really what you're doing is you're making out with that guy. You're not hanging out with him. You're going and you're getting it on and, and, you're, and you're playing games. And, and I'm here to tell you, stop playing games because what's going to happen is you're going to go hang out with that guy. And what's going to happen is as you hang out with him, you're going to give your heart to him. And as you give your heart to him, you're going to marry him. 
And then two years down the road, your marriage is going to be horrible. And you're going to say, I want out of this. And God, why would you put me through this? And it's going to be because you compromised. See, when Satan came and said, did God really say? Eve should have said, shut the heck up because God did say. But some of y'all, some of y'all are having some conversations with the devil here today. Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, problem right there, problem. She continued the conversation. We may eat the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it, which is something that God didn't say. He didn't say you couldn't touch it, but she just added to the word of God, which some of us do that as well. Or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said. Anybody talk to Eve today? Anybody talk to her? You want to know why you didn't talk to her today? Because she's dead. Just want to clarify that, okay. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The devil says, like, listen, listen, listen. I know what God said, but did you see that tree and that fruit? Man, that fruit on that tree is awesome. Man, God wouldn't ever hurt you. God would never let you mess up. You should just go ahead and eat that fruit. And he's saying, listen, just go ahead and compromise. And this is the compromise that he's telling a lot of you ladies right now. He's saying, listen, I, I know that things are going on, but you know what? If you'll compromise, that's going to be the only way you're ever going to get anybody. Listen, you need to compromise in that relationship because the only way that he's going to love you is if you have sex with him. Listen, you need to compromise because if not, you're just going to end up alone and old. Verse 5, it says, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw, it says when the woman saw, in other words, when she took her eyes off of God and put it on the fruit, everything changed. It's a lot like this for you single ladies. What happens is, is you have your eyes on God and all of a sudden some dude is coming around your life and all of a sudden you take your eyes off God and put it on that guy and you lose focus of the one that's supposed to be forming you and creating you and making you into the person that he wants you to be. It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. She compromised. She compromised. And here are some of the reasons you're compromising today. Some of you think, man, this could be my last chance. You compromise. Some of you think that this is, this is the best that I'll ever get, and so you compromise. Some of you, it's because you think that, man, if I just rush through this, man, God will fix it anyways. And so you compromise. Some of you think, I don't deserve any better than this. And you compromise. And let me just tell you something. Like, listen, we don't deserve anything, but that's the amazing grace of Jesus is that he gives us what we don't deserve. And when we follow God and we go wholeheartedly after him, you know what he does? He gives us the very best that he can, which was his son. And some of you guys are compromising. Anybody ever been to uh, the Capitol Grill? Anybody ever been to the restaurant, the Capitol Grill? It's pretty amazing. I've, I had like my best steak I've ever had at the Capitol Grill. And when I'm eating steak, like if I can go to the Capitol, the Capitol Grill, not the Capitol Grill, <laughs> that would be a bad place. 
the Capitol Grill and, and get like a filet mignon. I don't know if you've ever had a filet mignon at the Capitol Grill, but it is, it's like unbelievable, medium rare. You like cut through it. It's cuts like butter. It's like there's like a little bit of blood rolling out because I like them still moving a little bit. And so that's just for me. And so I, I like I'm imagining like I go to the Capitol Grill and, and you know, we're, we're on like a, an anniversary or something. Shayla and I, and, and I'm like, man, I want a filet mignon, medium rare. Give me a baked potato and some asparagus. And man, we're just going to live it up. It's going to be awesome. And and so we're waiting there, and, and somehow they, they run out of fillets. And so instead, they send a guy down to McDonald's down the street, and uh, he grabs a cheeseburger, and he brings it back, and they, they leave it in the wrapper, and they just bring it on a plate and sit it in front of me. Like, there is no way in the world that I'm going to accept that cheeseburger as my meal. I'm going to be like, you better go find a cow, slit its throat, cut out a fillet, and throw that thing on the grill for about 15 seconds and bring it to me because I want to eat that. Ladies, some of y'all are settling for a cheeseburger. Some of you are settling for a cheeseburger. You want a filet, but you saw a cheeseburger coming. Instead of saying, heck no, I ain't settling for that, you're going, I'll take it. You got that fried up old pickle on top, crusty bun. Some of you, that cheeseburger is sitting next to you. Some of you, you left him at home. You settled for a cheeseburger. A cheeseburger! You ordered a filet. Why are you settling? Why are you compromising? Because here's what I know about God is that God says, the king is enthralled with your beauty. If, you're, if the king is enthralled with your beauty and you are his daughter, why would you go to the slums to find a husband? Don't compromise. Don't compromise. The third thing there is her restoration in Christ. Single ladies, let me just say this. Man, I love you with the heart of a pastor. If, if I could sit down with each and every one of you, I, I would. And I would sit down and I would tell you, man, God has got something incredible for your life. God's got an incredible man for your life. But it starts with you just pursuing God with everything that you have. And when you're satisfied fully and completely with that, God will bring you to that man. Don't settle. Don't settle. Whatever you do, don't settle. Because I want what's best for you. And I don't want you to end up with a cheeseburger, man. I want you to end up with the very best that God has for you. Over the past two weeks, I've, I've gotten a, a chance to, we've, we've been having a lot of babies being born. We did a series on relationships about nine months ago. Man, babies are popping out like crazy. And so uh, nine months from now, hello. Okay, um, for some of you. But uh I love going to the hospital for babies being born. It's, it's the only time I like going to the hospital because everybody is happy. Like a baby happened and like everybody's ecstatic. And, and one of the things that I love about going to the hospital and being there like right after the baby's born is because it's like a dad's first time ever taking care of his kid. And, uh, and usually what happens right after a baby's born and it is, is that like the first poo-poo is going to happen, right? You know, and uh, that first poo-poo ha- is called merconium and uh, merconium isn't like normal poo-poo it's like a black tar that comes out of a baby's bottom and so uh, you're like what in the world is that and I remember being at the hospital this one time and and this dad first time dad and uh, he had just had a, a, a child and 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 this little girl started poo-pooing for the first time and he's like I, I've got this man I've been practicing and and I'm ready to go and and he starts 
you know, wiping her booty, and, uh, and he's doing it, and, and he's like, this stuff keeps coming out. I don't, I don't know what to do, and all of a sudden, he's like, he ran out of his stuff that he was using to wipe it up, and he started using his hands, and before long, he had poo-poo all over the place, and he's like, and all over her, and, 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 and he's like, and like only a dad could love a daughter like that at that moment, you know, with poo-poo everywhere, and he's like, man, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to clean this girl up. And man, he spent the next, literally, an hour cleaning up himself and his child. And I thought to myself, only a father would get in the midst of that much crap <laughs> to clean up his kids. Only a father would do that. And we have this incredible heavenly father that said, you know what, man, if you just allow me to, Man, I want to come in and I want to clean up the stuff in your life. I want to restore the stuff in your life. Verses 7 through 9, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked, and so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. See, a lot of times when we get in the middle of crap is we try to clean it up ourselves. We try to hide it ourselves. We try to make sure that nobody else sees it. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he is walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? You know, we do some goofy things when we mess up in life, when we sin. We run from the very thing that wants to come and help us clean up our lives. We try to hide a lot of us, a lot of people, they come and try to hide in church thinking like, oh man, I can just come and hide in here and nobody will notice that I'm jacked up and I'm screwed up and I'm messed up. And God is calling, hey, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Well, I'll just cover all this up. Nobody will, nobody will notice. Where's that rose? Anybody know where that rose is? Let me borrow this. Hmm, doesn't look quite as pretty as it did before. <laughs> Ladies, for a lot of you, this is what your life feels like. And you've messed up. People have hurt you. You've been broken. What was once so young and innocent is now exposed. And because of all that, you think, man, I'm just going just to cover this up. I'm going to cover up the beauty that God created. And I'm going to hope that nobody sees what my life is really like. I hope that nobody sees the, the pain that I've experienced. I hope that I can, I can just hold right here and that nobody will notice. And more than anything, what God is trying to do is, is God is saying, like, you know what? And you think to yourself, like, who, who would want something like this? Who would want somebody that's been broken and been hurt and had all these things happen to him? And you know what Jesus is saying right now? He's saying, I want that rose. I want you. I want you more than anything else. I don't care about all the other roses. I want you. I don't care how bad you've been beaten. I don't care how bad you've been broken. I don't care what's happened to you in your life. Man, if you'll just come to me, 
I'm enthralled in your beauty. And the message of the gospel is this, that while we were still sinners, Jesus came for us. While we were all broken and messed up, and I don't care if you're a guy or a girl, man, while we are broken and messed up, Jesus came, not so that he could just say, oh, I'm gonna leave you like this, but so that he could restore you to brand new. So that he could, he could show your beauty off into all the world because you're enthralled by him. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. See, God's restoration process is that, man, he's going to take this old way, the things that have happened to you, and he's going to turn them around, and he's going to make you beautiful and new again. And today, some of you guys need to allow God to make you new again. Some of you guys need to, need to stop compromising and step out of that life and say, God, I'm going to be enthralled by you for a little while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from some relationships. I'm not going to be concerned about what other people think. I'm going to be concerned about what you think. And I'm going to allow you to make me new. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.